Welcome to Sports Doc DC. This is the podcast where we try to take health information that is everywhere and turn it into intelligence that is actionable. There's a big difference between information and intel. I want to give you the why, how, and when, because understanding lets us all get modern, get educated, and perform better. It's called accelerated learning. So come on, hang with me, and let's learn a little bit today. So often when I do lectures and presentations, I use the term terminology matters. And it's something I really think helps push our professions stronger is when we kind of get the same idea. Like I get our intent a lot of times is the same, but because we get terminology jacked up and screwed up, it tends to kind of lead to some different results. So today, the terminology that I'm gonna talk about is the difference between strength and stability and how I think this is going to drastically change the way we train our athletes over the next few years and decade in the sports performance world. I think it's something that is innately uh, in tune for almost all of us that work in the sports rehab or sports conditioning or like strength and development programs at universities. But I think it's just being misperformed. So we're gonna talk about strength versus stability and maybe a couple other ideas that'll come up in there. I think this idea of terminology matters might be something that even leads into three or four more podcasts. So I would love a little bit of feedback on this topic. If this is something that you guys like, if you wanna hear my ideas on it, I would be happy to dive deeper into some of these things because man, we get a lot wrong, right? The other one that I think that I use every single day in my office that has a similar approach is activation versus strength. When I tell people like, hey, you're not using this muscle, they think, oh, I need to strengthen it. And I'm like, before you can strengthen it, your brain has to be able to find it. Your map is screwed up. You don't even have it. So we can dive into that kind of stuff. Today's episode, though, is going to be strength versus stability and how these need to be trained different and why it makes a difference in sports performance. Because it's coming down the ladder, man. It's coming down the chute. And if you're behind the scenes on this, you are behind the game. Today we're gonna to talk strength versus stability, how they have some similarities, but yet are different topics. I'm gonna to give a couple of prime examples because they come up in my clinic all the time and like almost everything on this podcast, it is based on kind of what I'm seeing and hearing and trends I see in my clinic. So this is an awesome one and for you guys paying attention, especially if you have any connections, Let's first think about Joe Rogan and how gigantic his sports performance and ideas are on his podcast. Obviously, if any of you guys know Joe Rogan, please suggest that I become one of the, uh, the guests that is on his show. That would absolutely change my entire trajectory my career. That guy's like Oprah, man. He has like the hug of death and the hug of career performance. <laughs> So yeah, if anyone knows this guy, the other guy that I absolutely love and I would love to be a guest on his show is the Huberman with the Huberman podcast. Both of these things I think would go really well. So yeah, man, I'm just asking for a little help here. Suggest me as a guest for these guys, please. 
All right, so Joe Rogan has one of the products that he likes to push a lot, and it's the Iron Neck. And if you've seen it, the Iron Neck's kind of a cool contraption. You put it on your head, and based on the resistance you have different directions, it creates more strength through your neck. Now, I grew up as a high school wrestler. Neck strength was a key component to avoiding injury, but also having a huge advantage over some of the other athletes. You can go harder, you can get out of precarious positions, but you can also, if you have the strength, basically use your head like another arm. And my dad was who, you, let me talk about my dad, man. He is so much of a performance guy and was always the one that kind of piqued my interest on these little things you can do to increase your performance and almost like little tricks and mechanisms that would give you an edge over an equal component. He was really big on this. I think Joe Rogan and the Iron Neck are, are awesome ideas, but this is where the terminology matters because an idea like that will often be described as increasing stability in your neck. And it's not really doing that. It's increasing the strength in your neck. And although these are similar components and have some overlying functions, it's not the same. So I will, as a chiropractor, in my chiropractic world, in my clinic, I will often have, especially women with desk jobs, come into my clinic and they'll grab their traps and they'll say, you know, I hold all my tension here. And my massage therapist, man, she says this is the tightest muscle she's ever felt through there. And, and that's where I hold my tension. I, I literally have heard this in 20 years, probably 10,000 times. So I always kind of laugh about it because it, every single client can't have the tightest traps, right? I mean, just by default, there can only be one tightest traps that the, the massage therapist has ever seen. So I just think that's kind of silly. The second thing is those tight muscles almost never get relaxed with massage. They'll feel better for a day or two but when I see a, cl a client and they have told me that for the last two years they get a massage on their upper traps once a week and they think it's helping, my, my, my immediate thought is it's definitely not helping, lady. You've had two years. You've had 100 massages, yet you feel exactly the same. Now, far be it from me to suggest you spend your money in a certain matter. I don't care how you spend your money. In fact, I have massage therapists in my clinic and I think if you just wanna pay because it feels good and have human touch, that's good enough reason for me. That's good enough. You don't have to justify why you get a massage. I think it's a great idea and I think it's very, very therapeutic and I think it's very beneficial for you. But if you are getting that massage as a therapy because you are trying to fix a problem like tight muscles, well, 100 visits is too long. It's just not working. It's time to try something different, right? I would never expect you to come to my chiropractic clinic 100 times and think that you're doing it to help an issue get better. Now, I have a few of my clients that over the years have told me, stop trying to talk me out of coming to your clinic. I like the way it feels, bro. I'm okay with that. You get to spend your money how you want to. So if you wanna come in and have me work over your body because it feels good, great. But most of my clients, probably 99% of my clients are trying to fix an issue. They're trying to fix an injury or an increased performance or one of those. So let's take these tight muscles 
in the traps as my example and how I think Joe Rogan's idea of the iron neck goes with it. When you have tight, recurrent spasm or you know hypertonicity through those trap muscles, it nearly is always because you have lost stability in your neck. Your neck isn't able to hold your head up the way it is supposed to, so it is now recruiting these different muscles, the traps being the strongest and the SCM, the muscles in the front that attach down to your collarbone. That's the easiest for the brain to recruit to create some additional stability. The trouble is those muscles aren't really built for stability. The trap and the SCM, like all the muscles you can think about in the body, are built to turn on and turn off, and turn on and turn off. Think of when you bench press, your pecs are turning on and they're turning off, and they're turning on and they're turning off. <clears throat> the mover muscles in our body are built to do just that. They are built to be movers. When your traps turn on, they are built to shrug your shoulders or create an additional protection into your neck, like if you're doing an impact in football. When your SCM turns on, it is built to turn your neck a certain direction. So when you're using these mover muscles as stability, I get it. It can provide additional stability. But I don't think that's right. <clears throat> that's my problem with the iron neck. I think it makes those muscles stronger, which is a benefit everyone could do with the iron neck. I think it is a great idea, but I think it's creating additional strength and if your problem is that you don't have stability, it's not helping you. It's not fixing the problem. It's just working on an entirely different mechanism. And I want that to be very, very clear, is the product is fantastic. But if the issue isn't that your muscle strength is weak, it is stability, you're just using the wrong answer to the fix. <clears throat> so when I present this, especially you know, like this last summer, I spent a lot of presentation doing it with um, college coaches and working with um, college strength and conditioning programs. I'll take a 10 pound dumbbell or 20 pound dumbbell and I will do lateral shoulder flies. So I think this is easy to imagine, right? I've got 20 pound dumbbells and I'm doing flies standing there and I'm making the muscles work. The primary muscle that is getting stronger on a lateral fly is your medial delt, right? We're making the shoulder muscle stronger with a lateral fly. However, if I take a two pound dumbbell and I hold it out laterally, like the end motion of that fly, this is no longer a strength exercise. This is stability. I'm holding it. Let's say I wanna hold it for 30 seconds. Then instead of having one primary muscle, the medial delt involved, I probably have about 50 muscles involved right? Probably the, pr the priority muscle might even be the opposite side or counter side, like, like trunk, like from our old granddad's era, right? Like the glute medius up into the oblique abs, up into the, some of the stabilizers of the back. This is my main point. Stabilization is much different than strength, even if it's the same exercise. Okay, so how does this, why does this make a difference? Because if your problem is that you have lacked stability and you're doing the iron neck to try to fix that, okay, you're not going to get it. You still don't have the stability. You need an exercise for stability. And for stability, there can be no motion, right? 
I have a couple different articles. You're not going to be able to find them on my podcast, but I even have a YouTube video or I'll be happy to reproduce it if there's any kind of feedback on this. The, the way that I create stability in the neck is with this gorgeous inflatable ball. It was originally built from a, a girl that does yoga tune-up. And she uses it to work out like adhesions, the abs and stuff. And I'm like, man, this is perfect for what I need it for. It's a slightly deflated ball and you just lean your body weight onto it on a wall. And I do 30 seconds to the front side, 30 seconds to the back side, 30 seconds side to side. There's no movement because if you start to move, it is no longer a stabilization exercise. It is a movement exercise. And those are different mechanisms. We've explained it. It needs to be no motion. It needs to be you just lean on the damn ball. But because of that, because it's not sexy, because it's only a $10 inflatable ball, I literally have sold thousands of those in my clinics over the last two decades and yet probably have less than a 1% follow through on it. Nobody does it. It's not a sexy program. The Iron Neck has probably sold millions at like four or $500 a pop. I can't sell a $10 ball in my clinic because people look at me like I'm absurd. And that's where I want you to get the idea. Okay, so I think you guys get it. Stability versus strength, it's a different thing. Why does this matter? Why do I think you should care about stability? Well, here's why. The next big move in the sports world is going to be physical analytics. I don't know what it's gonna be called yet. I would love to be the guy that helps develop this entire process. I think if, if even the movie Moneyball had been out when I was going through college, I never would have gone on to become a chiropractor. I just think this idea of what are some hacks and tricks that we can do to, to get more wins out of sports teams is unbelievable. And Moneyball has come a long way. I mean, anyone that does anything with analytics gets it now. But I think the next big thing is gonna be physical analytics. And I'm not the only one. I was lucky enough and blessed enough to be sitting not quite courtside, but down low at a, uh, at a San Antonio Spurs and Golden State Warriors game about a year ago. And the two people sitting behind me were talking a different game than most of the sports fans. And at halftime, I kind of asked him, I'm like, hey man, I don't mean to be listening on your conversation, but I kind of love the sports performance world. I'm listening to how you're talking about different athletes. What's your job? Are you a scout for these teams or what's going on? Well, one guy had left and he had gone to get a Coke or something at the bathroom and the guy said, well, yeah, I'm a college scout. I uh, do a lot of Texas, so I happen to be in here and this is one of the guys I went to college with. He's now an associate GM at the Golden State Warriors. And I said, man, I don't wanna cut into your conversation. I'm just some guy, but I also do a lot of performance stuff and, and I'm really interested in kinda the next level at the professional world. I've been out of the NFL for a while. I've been out of Major League Baseball for a while, but I still work on humans all the time. I'm watching player X and I can tell that he either has an ankle issue or a low back issue by the way he's walking. And what I think is gonna happen next is that he is gonna play a very limited amount in the second half. He's gonna go back in the locker room at halftime. He's gonna sit down and everything's gonna tighten up on him. Now you're a scout, do you see the same thing I'm seeing? And he said, man, 100%, that's really cool you'd see it. At the last couple minutes of that game, I noticed he's walking different. I don't know what it is, I just see it's different. And I came to the same conclusion as you. You're a doctor, I'm a scout, we came to the same conclusion, this, not, this guy's not gonna play as much. So now, 
the, uh, the associate GM has come back and we're kind of talking about this. And I said, you know, I teach to a lot of college kids and I tell them, I think there's a career that's coming down the pipe that's not out there yet. It doesn't have a name yet. It's just not there, but it's going to be this kind of stuff. It's gonna be these doctor type guys that are given the tools of analytics and now they can watch play and say, this guy will not perform as well for this period of time, or there's a weakness on the other team that we can exploit because this guy's ankle's bad, so maybe he can't cut to the right as well as the left. And the GM just smiled and he said, that's 100% coming down the pipe. In fact, it's already there. And I agree with you. We don't know what it's gonna be called. We don't know what it is, nor do we even know who to hire to help us make these decisions, right? We know the analytics of this guy shoots better on the left side of the court versus the right side of the court. We know in baseball that if you take extra pitches, you get more people on base and more people on base throughout the course of the year equals more win games. But we haven't figured out how to make the physical work yet. This is where I think the idea of stability versus strength is coming into play. And how I teach it in my physics of sports to in-services for high school coaches. If your athlete has better stability in his shoulder as a cornerback or safety or linebacker, when he is tackling the guy with the ball coming at him, rather than the guy that has the acceleration winning the battle and falling forward, so instance, I make a tackle, but the guy falls a yard forward. He is now falling lateral or perhaps even slightly backwards. It's a difference of probably a yard per tackle. That gets high school coaches' attention very quickly because the game changes in football if it's a third and one versus a third and two. It significantly changes in football if it's fourth and inches versus fourth and a yard. These kind of things like stability making a tackle not transverse further up the field really gets people's attention. And if high school coaches understand the significance of this, what do you think is gonna happen in the NFL when those guys realize he's talking yards per hit of which there's about 60 per game. If you make the playoffs in the NFL, it's potentially $10 million more for your franchise or more for that one game. These things make a difference that are going to lead directly to money. And when the money's involved, then you're going to start seeing the research and stuff come behind it. That's why I think this is so important because so much of what we're doing as we're training high school athletes and college athletes is built to make the athlete stronger. So when I suggest to high school athlete or high school coaches, hey, if you can just create better stability in a shoulder, it is going to lead to more W's and easier decision-making for your offensive coordinators. They will inevitably ask, oh, how do we do that? Is it more shoulder raises to create stronger muscles? That's the difference. Strength is not the same as stability. You can increase the strength of the shoulder but that doesn't necessarily transfer into stability of the shoulder. So what I think you're gonna start seeing in the professional ranks soon enough, and I know it's already happening, I mean, this is the basis of all planking, 
right? I mean, planking is abdominal stability and really we should get rid of the term core. I mean, that's really, if you guys are, are true to the sports performance world, core is kind of taking a back seat. We now talk about um, more the cylinder. You'll hear it, the cylinder. And I love like our granddaddy's era, the trunk. The trunk and not the linear core, like your abs and your muscles along your spine, but more like how the cylinder of the body works. That's a much better idea. And I think like if you're doing planking the right way, or especially like lifting up atlas stones and moving them, you're creating more more trunk stuff. So I think that they already have the idea, they just haven't figured out how it gets to the rest of the body. Because what you'll see is, well, man, if, if a plank is good, well then plank while I'm moving the muscles of the legs around must be better. Well, you've just created, you've gone from stability to muscle strength and movement and they're different products. So I think what you're gonna see is, in the NFL training, what's coming down the pipe is great. Grab those 30 pounders, do your sets of medial, medial delt like shoulder flies for strength. Now grab a small weight and hold it out there for a minute. Create that stability as well. Because when you couple stability with strength, I think you're gonna get a hundred times better following. And like I said at the beginning, guys, if you guys know Joe Rogan, if you know the inventor of the iron neck, put me in touch with them because I'll add one simple little tool that when we couple the strength of the iron neck with the stability of that little core ball, now we're talking about changes that clientele can feel. It's not just selling the $400 product. It's can we sell the $410 product and actually get the results that people were looking for other than just hooking it up with them. I hope this makes sense for you. I hope this also piques your interest and kind of gets you this idea of like, oh, maybe that is something different. As always, get a hold of me if you want to get deeper into this. And you know, I don't know if I've ever really pitched it on the uh, Sports Doc DC stuff, but I'm I would love to have this these ideas and these discussions and getting these topics out, I would love to have this become a career for me. I would love to have this be a bigger chunk than my chiropractic career. So if you guys want me to do high school in services for you guys, if you're a high school coach listening to it and you're like, oh my God, I would love to hear the, uh, the performance sports and the physics of sports lecture, get a hold of me guys. I am all about doing this and helping to spread it. I think it's a great topic. So obviously it's something I'm passionate about. Love to be more involved. Until next time, guys.